Episode 17 of the Small Biz Startup Essentials Podcast with an interview of Donna Ricardo, a speaking coach that gives us great insight as to how to become a more polished public speaker. Now, this episode is a little bit longer, folks, going a bit over 30 minutes, but it was certainly worth it if you have the desire to improve your speaking skills. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Small Biz Startup Essentials Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Claremont, and my goal is to help equip you through the personal brand small business startup process by providing you with enough tips and tools in these episodes so that your pivot through the small business startup process goes a lot smoother and you're more profitable quicker. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a like on the platform you're using. You can go to TomClaremont.com for more information on how I can help you with your new startup. Well, hello again. Thanks for being with us for another episode of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Very pleased to have with us today, Donna Ricardo. Donna has 30 years of public speaking and training experience in her original career. She was a hairdresser in in high-end salons in New York City, where she mastered one-to-one communication and image. Later, she was drawn to teach and found out the hard way that teaching is also public speaking. After 17 years, she left the beauty industry and started training students in a personal training and development company, where she spent 20 years. From that experience, she brings the art of how to coach and support people and fulfilling on what is most important to them. She is a longtime and current member of Toastmasters, which is known for their public speaking clubs and has achieved the highest award of Distinguished Toastmaster. Donna is is a trained NLP practitioner. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. This helps her to help people manage their minds and nerves when speaking. Donna is also a current and active member of the National Speakers Association. Donna, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, Tom, for inviting me. So it's it's quite a, a transition from uh, New York City hairdresser to um, to national speaker. Can you tell us how that all happened? Wow. Well, it really unfolded through the different activities that you just shared with everyone. It, within each of them, I did some sort of training and speaking, starting with attempting to do it and having it not go well, and then realizing I needed to go and learn how to speak it, that it's not, it wasn't for me, like some people say it's easy for them. It wasn't easy. It wasn't natural. I was very introverted. And over time, that's been what's been underneath the speaking has been what's underneath everything else I've done and so finally I realized what there was for me to do is share that expertise back with people and so Red Stiletto Get to the Point was born. (laughs) Wow so uh, how long ago was that transition? It was really a little over a year ago. Oh wow so it's more recent then. Mm-hmm. Even though the parts have been falling into place for a long time, the actual transition was a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So um, how did you sort of just like, uh, how did you turn this into a business? Well, I just cut ties with everything else I was doing. And I declared that 
this was now going to be what I do. And I started to look to see what did I want to offer. And so one of the first things I began to work with people on and offer was writing with them, crafting a signature talk and coaching them on presenting their businesses to, to gain business, to find leads. And then also at while I was working one-to-one with people, which I still do, also have been working on a course for entrepreneurs for public speaking. Like, how did you get your first client? Uh, it was from a speaking engagement. Yeah, okay. I, I spoke okay. to a group of women and somebody took my offer. <laughs> okay, so you started speaking uh, for free, I, I assume, and then just got some practice at it and got some exposure. And then somebody saw you, liked the way you presented and, and booked you for an event. Is that what happened? Yeah, well, she booked me to help her with her speaking. Oh. So there's generally two ways of speaking. There's, I mean, there's, let's say you're already past the scared to death or needing to just practice and getting in front of people. So now at this point, you're either looking mm-hmm. for leads, to, in, you know, for your business and speaking to be able to find leads. We'd call that a speak to sell kind of a talk and making an mm-hmm. offer to sell something at the end or, or, make a connection or have a future conversation with your, you know, people in your audience, or you're getting paid, in which case you probably don't make an offer, right? You don't, you know, you're getting paid. That's, that's what you get. You either get leads or you get money when you're speaking. So mostly I'm looking for leads in business. And so I'm speaking for free and to groups that want to hear what it is that I would like to share with them. And they, um, I, you know, receive the, leads and that's how that's how that works so there's speaking and then there's coaching others to speak yes so what are the most common mistakes people make when they don't have the proper coaching i think there's probably a few of them one is one is not getting the proper coaching (laughs) but um there's also not being prepared people you know i'm not a fan of winging it because your audience wants what they want they're there for what they want and so when we just wing it i feel like that's usually about the speaker and what they want to say instead of saying what the audience wants to hear so that's a big one right there thinking that they can say whatever they want and that the audience will want to hear it another one is talking too fast is one that people do a lot moving their hands around too much is another one, especially in person, but even, even on zoom, you know, we're so much on zoom these days and doing Mm -hmm. virtual speaking. There are still things, mistakes that people make. One that I see a lot of is people shouting at the camera (laughs) too much, too much energy out there. Mm -hmm. How does somebody do the research in advance before they do a speaking event about the crowd about what they think the crowd needs to hear or wants to hear. Yeah. Well, um, that's again, two different, um, there's two different approaches to that. One would be if you're speaking to sell your business to find leads, right? You're speaking about your own expertise. You're sharing with people. You're having a, what we call a signature talk, a speak to sell talk that connects with the audience, shares something with them educational. So they learn something and then make the offer to either buy something or connect further, right? So they that is, you could say, fairly easy because it's what you already know, right? 
And then the other kind of speaking, which is I think you're more pointing to keynote speaking, um, that you would need to do a little bit of research on that. And But underneath all of it, the super important thing and the, the main research to do is find out who the audience is and what's important to them. And how do you go about doing that? Well, for my business, I know who my audience is, right? So I, I did a fair amount of research in the beginning to just get clear about what they wanted and what was important to them. So, you know, it's always important when it's your own business to also be very clear about who your ideal client is and not just, you know, be a person who says, oh, I can sell my product or service to anyone. Well, no, there's mm -hmm. no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> we want to be clear about who that anyone is and that's who you want to target your conversations towards. So if somebody lacks confidence, and but they want to speak an event, they, they want to be a better speaker, they want to be a keynote speaker, uh, how do they get over the, the lack of confidence part of it? What do you advise to gain confidence? Well, the best way, really, I think with anything, but the best way to gain confidence, especially with speaking, is to do it, is really just to do it, get the feedback. No one is as terrible as they're afraid they will be or think they are. You know, get the feedback, take the coaching, maybe join Toastmaster is a great place to start. Nobody starts keynoting. It just doesn't work that way. Nobody starts there, right? You need to have, you know, nobody's going to pay somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't have a name for themselves and isn't, you know, doesn't have any kind of reputation. People aren't going to pay for that, right? They need to get the experience first. So I think starting with Toastmasters is a great place, building up the confidence, building up your content and getting clear on how to deliver it effectively. And then maybe, maybe you practice in service groups, you get out in the public a little bit and maybe, you know, they're always looking for speakers like Kiwanis, Lions, um, Rotary Club. So looking for some places to speak like that and just really getting out there. Networking groups are a great place to speak, but being really, really organized in the content and being really clear about the message that's what's going to make people want to bring someone on to speak. Mm -hmm. So if when you are booked for an event, uh, you're preparing your notes, you're preparing your speech, do you practice it in advance uh, and, and, and go through it like in, at home, the whole, the whole talk, or you, do you sort of run through it a couple of times and, and practice it? How does that work? Way more than a couple of times. So mm -hmm. I like to script it all out. I like to get very clear. I cut all the fat out of it. And I like to write just what I would say. And I write it in a way that I would speak it. And that's how I coach my clients, to, that it needs to be written in a way that you would talk. And the way you talk is different than the way you write, right? Mm -hmm. It's just simpler, much simpler. Right, right. And so I write it all out and then I I read through it a lot, like dozens of times out loud to myself, because that's the first way I can begin to hear anything that sounds funny or that I'm stumbling over or that I'm somehow not getting it 
across well. I'll grab anybody that I can and let me practice it on them. I'll get feedback. I'll get then the next step is to get in front of the mirror. And sometimes it looks like looking at it a lot before I look in the mirror, but I'll go in the mirror and I'll start practicing it in the mirror back and forth to, you know, to my written back and forth like that. I'll record it and listen to it, um, you know, like while I'm driving around or listening to it whenever I can just listen. And so I practice, practice, practice all the time. And that way it, you know, once, once I have it down, if I do find myself losing my place or bumbling or stumbling, I know it so well, I can either pick it up or I can, you know, rearrange the way I'm saying it and it'll still all get said. Everything I meant to share with people will still all get said. So tons of practice. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. What about like recording yourself also to see so that you can see yourself and hear yourself and stuff like that? I, I would imagine that that would be uh, part of the process also. Yep, absolutely. Get somebody to video, get a little group of people to, you know, sit and do it with, have one of them video it. Yep, all of that. So maybe maybe all that practice would also help to alleviate some fear as well, right? Yes, it alleviates fear. And back to your, you know, your question a moment ago, it gives you confidence because you're solid in what you're saying and how you're saying it. And you've gotten feedback from people. You know, it can't just all happen in our head and by reading it. It has to happen because the speaking happens outside of us, like out, outside of us and in the ears and experience of the audience. Mm -hmm. That's where it matters. And so what happens if there's uh, different sort of venues, like sometimes there's a podium where you just stand at the podium and sometimes there's a stage and you have the freedom to walk around a little bit. Do you sort of coach also on how to use the stage and how to use uh, your hands and, and when to make a point and you know, you know what I mean? Seeing the, the, the dynamics and the blocking of, of where to be and how to present yourself. Do you sort of help people with that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And that's always what you're pointing to is always something to find out ahead of time. If at all possible, get into a venue, see it before. Don't have walking up to speak at the event the first time you see the stage or you see the podium, because there might be something that you didn't realize or didn't count on or didn't think about that might throw something off. Yeah, I saw, uh, um, I had some business coaching myself and, and um, um, I had heard someone else say that when they present, they, uh, they, they scan the room, they walk the room, they, they go to the back of the room and they, they sort of get an idea if somebody is sitting in back, what is it going to look like? And they, they put their slides up on the screen in advance. And so they, they can they see it from the back of the room and things like that they sort of work the room with nobody there to get a, a sense of you know worst case scenario from the people in the back um, yes absolutely and even even along with that is i would say you know check it out definitely by yourself but also get the tech people, the sound people, and check it out with them, you know, the audio video people and make sure that they are clear about how things are going to go. Right. So it sounds like the, uh, a good amount of prep is needed before the event to get the technicalities out of the way, to get um, the, the room dynamics uh, out of the way, um, to get the topic down, to 
uh, do all the practice needed uh, to make sure that the audience is is going to hear and see everything okay. It sounds like a lot. There's a lot that needs to be done in advance to prep for for the event. That, yes, there there certainly is. And you know, you're pointing to a little bit bigger events, like maybe more like conferences. There is a lot of speaking that goes on. That's you might just be at floor level. You know, if you're say at a at networking events, you know, or maybe you're just on a little platform. You know, there's a lot of things that go on that aren't you know part of a bigger stage you know it mm -hmm. takes it takes working up to that to become that person it's not where mm -hmm. people start mm -hmm. so if you are at a floor event where it's it's a small audience and there's no podium how do you sort of work that venue do you bring your own little, uh, microphone and portable speaker or something how, how do you sort of work that venue so that you're you're still heard and, and maybe uh, if you have a presentation, things like that. Yeah, again, that's um, this working with the organizer, working with the venue. Usually in that case, you just work like directly with the organizer because they would probably be the one also working with your audio video. Um, it depends on how, how big you're talking about. I mean, there's a networking group that I'm in and we can get up to 100 people at, at round with eight people at well, when we could do it with as many people with eight people at round tables, we could get, you know, 90 to 100 people in there and there's no, there's no microphone. There's no podium, there's no microphone. And in that case, people will either stay near the front of the room, maybe they'll stay with the slides off to, you know, like off to one side of their slides if they have slides. Sometimes they'll uh, work into the room, they'll walk into the room. Sometimes they're more interactive and, you know, engage the audience by walking around the room. So it just, it just really depends. You know, I, sometimes people bring their own sound, their own microphone, maybe like a, a little lavalier or something like that too. So you've also got to have the the ability to project mm -hmm. when nece when necessary if you're in that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, uh, I, I had a little taste of that. Uh, I I had a lead part in a high school play, which <laughs> wasn't that long ago, by the way. But, um, I learned how to project and and to talk to the people in the back of the room. It's it's challenging for sure. You yeah. have to be very you have to be very self-aware. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. much so. And I think it's, you know, you have to be louder than you think. You have to be louder than you think. I was at an event one time and I was sitting near the front and the speaker is saying something about how, you know, if the people in the back couldn't hear her, they should come towards the front. And I, I was kind of offended by that. And, I, you know, I would say as a speaker, never, never make your audience come to you. You need to speak loud enough. You either you figure out the tech, you bring your own equipment or you shout you do and then later in the in her talk she was speaking she was extremely loud and i thought wow she really knows how to do that why why didn't she just do that never make the audience come to you just taking a little break here in the middle folks to let you know about some free resources i have available on my website that you can take advantage of which will help you start or grow your new small business if you go to tomclaremont.com and then the resources page, you'll see I have some ebooks and other downloads available for you, startup business books I recommend, as well as other podcasts that I think you'll benefit from, and some other vendor services I recommend and have affiliations with. Now let's get back to the episode. 
So are there certain topics that you uh, are sort of prone to speak about? Yes, there certainly are. I like to speak about speaking (laughs) and I like to speak about showing up and how people show up for themselves because it's what you just were saying about how it's, you know, very, you know, inner awareness because that's really where it starts. So I also like to speak about um, relationships and how they have to do also with speaking, but also just, you know, connecting with people and how important that is. Um, I also like to speak about image. You know, it comes from my years in New York. I just have a love of the whole, you know, fashion and beauty, but it matters in front of the room. Like, you know, you have to dress a way that your audience is, um, can receive you, right? You don't want to dress a way that they, they can't get past how you look and they can't hear your message because they're so focused on what were they thinking? Why were they wearing that? <laughs> um, so I like to talk also about listening and about how business is personal and networking, networking and I call networking one-to-one public speaking. So mm-hmm. also talking mm-hmm. about networking sets so back to relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember uh, when we talked originally, you were part of uh, Landmark for a while. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do some speaking within Landmark, sort of the training or, or what did you do for Landmark? Yeah, yeah, lots. And I did get a lot of um, training for myself in speaking and connecting with people from there. Uh, so I led introductory programs for many years. They were three hours at a time and I led those for many years. And then I also led three hour, like three, uh, they were three month programs. So they were 10 sessions, three hours at a time. So I led seminar series as well. And so within all of that, you got leader training, quarterly leader training. So it was lots, lots of training through them. Right. So that was, uh, that was, uh, some good practice for you then, right? You were able to get a real good taste of, of the, you know, you know what it took to present and what it took to uh, speak in front of people. So it sounded like that was a uh, good practice for you, right? Yeah, that was really great. And also, you know, the, the leading was also, it wasn't just simply presenting. In fact, I would say it wasn't presenting at all. It was coaching, but coaching from the front of the room. So we had to learn this interesting dance of being the person in front of the room speaking to a group, you know, 100 people, whatever more, you know, whatever, like 30 to maybe a couple hundred. And, but still having it be intimate, and each person feeling like you're speaking to them. So that's, you know, and then coaching also, but coaching the person that I'm speaking to, while still including the rest of the room. So it's, it was, it's an interesting dance to be able to do both of those at the same time. So what do you think um, the, the biggest fear people have about speaking? It seems like I, it's interesting that you ask that because I just did four talks for a networking group. A chapter had four meetings and I, I, I spoke at all four of their meetings. It's a national group called Polka Dot Powerhouse. And I did my talk four times for them. And so I asked them. And it seemed the thing that stood out the most was people, were, they didn't know they didn't know what to say. They just didn't know where to start, what to say, how to organize their thoughts. Like they didn't know what they would say. And then the other one that was kind of right behind it was they were afraid of forgetting or afraid of getting stuck. So it's it's more of the the start pro, the starting of the conversation that seemed to be what I was hearing there, right? How to get started. 
right? Yeah, I think even they didn't know like how to organize their content. They don't know how to put it together. They don't know what an audience might want to hear. There's mm -hmm. things that happen before that that make all that easier, but that's what they were sharing with me. Great. So in the networking environment, I mean, I was part of BNI for a mm -hmm. number of years. And so, you know, we sort of get got the sense of, okay, what's your what's your elevator pitch, right? What can you say in 30 seconds? What can you say in 60 seconds? You have to tweak that a little bit, right? And then and then if you had, uh, you know, two, two to three minutes with somebody, what would you say? And you have to have the sort of, you know, little little mini speeches, right, mm -hmm. for, for, for different different practical uh, settings for when you meet people, right? So that's, that's sort of um, uh, the, the initial baby steps, I think, uh, as I would call it, for how to put your thoughts together, convey your message, things like that, right? And then so you, you sort of build up from there to, uh, to uh, uh, present for a room. I, am I on the right track here? Or Yes. Yep. That's exactly what I do in my course. I get people grounded in, you know, being clear about like who they are and what they have to say and share and what their message is. And then we work right into working through uh, those short business introductions, commercials, elevator pitches. And that I say is one-to-one -one public speaking also, because that's not just to be used in front of the room. I also was part of BNI for a number of years. And, you know, that is, I think it's important to prepare those because the people that just, you know, go on and on and ramble and go past their time and nobody's listening. People are either thinking, you know, why don't like, why don't you let the next person go? Or they're thinking if they're the next one, like, okay, shut up. It's my turn now. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, that's, yeah, you need to prepare even those short ones. So tell me a little bit about the, the coaching that you do. You said you have a certain program that, that helps people with their, um, you know, with their pitches. Can you elaborate on the, the coaching that you do? Yeah, well, it's so it's really there's two things. There's one is working with people one to one to craft their signature talk or, you know, speak to sell talk, you might say, where they connect with the audience, they teach them something and they make them some kind of an offer to, you know, the possibility of further business together or to buy something so that I work with them together, like literally on Zoom, we talk it out, we talk it through, I coach them, I pull things out of them. I actually even type it up while we are together and they get their talk and I coach them about different things as we go through. We start with talking about being really clear about what they do wanna offer at the end of their talk and what, who their ideal target market, their ideal client is. So we, you know, I coach them through all of that, pull it out of them, get them clear on it for themselves. And so that's the one-to-one -one work I'm doing. And then the course, that is really, that's, it's, it's material and then, you know, content and then coaching people through the content. So mm -hmm. it's, um, and it includes the short business introductions. It includes working at the end of the course. They work through a very short version of their own signature talk and I'll coach them through designing that. And then I have, some stuff in there on networking, some things in there, you know, like personal awareness on image, on their message, getting clear about their message and they're telling their story, some storytelling and presentation skills. So it's, it's coaching them through all of that. So at the end of the course, they'll be clear and confident and have power in their speaking. Right. And I hear more and more now that the, the power of storytelling is, is huge. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something that I'm learning how to do also because it doesn't really come naturally to me. Some people can just talk on and on and on about, you know, their past and blah, 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 and, and they can make it relevant. I can't, I can't do that. So, <laughs> Most so people how, can't. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you, how do you help people develop with the storytelling process that to, to be able to use stories to effectively give the, the message that they're trying to give that make the point they're trying to make? Yeah, well, that's a big one right there, what you just said. The story has to make a point, and the point has to go along with the message of the entire talk, right? So there's also, you know, really a, a, a curve to it, right? Start out the story. Some stories will start with the end in mind. Already, you know, they kind of maybe tell almost or, um, you know, get close to telling the punchline. Um, then they tell the trek there, like what happened, and then there's like a moment where something happened, and then tie it together to make the point of whatever it is, you know, that goes along with the talk. So, you know, that's like basic thing. Um, other things that really work in stories. So let's say that, you know, that for me, what I just said, that was very unclear for a long time. But other things that people can do right away that make a huge difference in storytelling is don't be vague. They need to tell specific things, colors, numbers, names, not too many names. Your, your story shouldn't have like a whole bunch of characters. It should just have one or two. But it need, you know, the more vivid and specific in a story, the better. I mean, you know, I've met people that they remember like everything about their childhood and they go on and on and on. I don't remember anything, you know, and, 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 and in a way I'm sort of glad, you know, <laughs> like, um, that's funny. <laughs> how do you, how do you sort of like help people to, to be storytellers if they don't really have the stories to tell? Well, I learned an interesting exercise from some other speakers from the National Speakers Association. And so this might be useful for some people. So they, so to, everybody has stories, everybody. So a story is just simply a moment in time. Something happened. There was a moment in time and everyone's got them. And so what these people taught is that you, you can, you know, make yourself kind of a a chart, right? And you might put at the top of it, you might put a box that says first and then next to that last and then um, best and then worst. And then down the side, you might have some different different topics and it could be like the topics would be like one, one words, you know, one word, teacher, first, best, first, last, best, worst, right? Red, what comes to mind? Like what comes to mind when you say that one thing? Car, what comes to mind when you say that one thing? lasagna, you know, what comes to mind, you know, just like a one word kind of different types of things and just what comes to mind. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be something, maybe not for all of them, but things will start to shake out of that through that exercise. So, so you're looking for sort of like trigger words to, to generate some memories. Is that how it goes? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I, I guess if I had to, I could, I could come up with something about, you know, school or my childhood or, you know, I'm not saying I forget everything. It's <laughs> exactly. Just a, but, but like, but like, you know, I think we all come across those people that are like, oh man, I was, I was, I was, I was walking with my friend, Joey, Joey uh, Vitalone and, 
And man, I remember we came across this like wild dog, you know, like they go on and on. I'm like, <laughs> like, really? You you remember that? Like, like I I try to forget, you know? Yeah. So so um well that's uh that that sounds uh it sounds like you have a number of tools in your toolbox to help people from different angles with whatever situation they're going through. Uh, whatever they struggle with, it sounds like you've got uh, a lot of tools to help people with, um, for sure. So, um, uh, one last question, if I could. You know, yeah. what, what would you sort of, um, what advice would you give uh, somebody who's thinking about being a, a speaker, uh, trying to uh, gain the courage, uh, trying to see if they could, uh, you know, put their toe in the water here and, and, and see if, if they can do this, but they're not quite sure. What, what, what advice would you give to someone? Well, it sounds like first they would have to have the desire. So we're, we'll assume that they do, right? And then if they're just not sure, like actually that's how I was for a really long time. I didn't know what I wanted to speak about, but I just knew that I wanted to. I don't even know why I wanted to. So if they don't know what they want to speak about, I think Toastmasters is a great place to start. It's a great place because they take you, you know, through, they have something called pathways and it's just different, different projects you can do and you can draw from your own life or you can do research or you can tell other people's stories or you can speak about whatever you want to speak and then get some honest, open feedback from the club members. And that's just, you know, it builds up your confidence. I mean, I think that's a great place to start. And then if they are speaking on behalf of their business, then that would be really the next step is figure out what is the message that they want people that they're speaking to in a business setting. What is the message they want people to go away with? I guess I would say that if, even if it doesn't go okay, the first couple of times and, and you sort of, maybe it's awkward, maybe it didn't, you know, come out quite right. Maybe maybe it's it's sort of you know bombs. It doesn't mean you give up, right? I mean it's okay to to fail at things every once in a while and, and learn and, and adjust and, and develop. I mean failure is part of the process in learning, right? So even if even if you you, you start speaking and uh, doesn't quite go so well, it, it's still it's still okay, right? Absolutely. I mean, I was that person. What the first really big opportunity that I got was when I was in the beauty industry. And this is maybe a story for another time, but the I'll cut to the chase that I got on stage to do what I had to do and no words came out of my mouth. I was terrified. I panicked. And the other person on stage realized what was going on and took the microphone and said, I'll speak for her because I was doing a haircut demonstration and I was supposed to be talking about what I was doing while I was doing it. And it just didn't, nothing came out of my mouth and mm. I just mm. freaked out. And then another thing happened, I don't know, a couple of years later, little, little different scenario, but a similar experience where nothing was coming out of my mouth. There was no one there to rescue me that time. And I still, I still kept going. I still, eventually I became a trainer in the beauty business and went on then to, you know, landmark as we talked about. So definitely do not give up. If, you know, if those things can happen to me, I'm telling you, you know, anybody can recover from any bad speaking experience. <laughs> 
it probably happens to the best of them, right? Absolutely. Right. Donna, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day today to, to help us uh, understand and learn how to develop as a, a speaker. Um, if somebody, you know, may have aspirations to be a speaker, this is, this is all great. Uh, it's been very helpful. Uh, how does somebody get a hold of you? Probably the best way is through my website, uh, DonnaRicardo.com, D-O-N-N-A-R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O. is a contact page there. And I also have a uh, free download of some speaking tips, uh, Seven Insider Secrets to Empower Your Public Speaking. This, that's another way. If they just want to get information, that will get them on my list to get information. Or if they want to contact me directly, the contact page will do it. Great. Thanks for uh, some uh, great advice today and appreciate your time, Donna, with helping us to understand how to develop as a speaker. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. You're welcome. And thank you. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think of today's episode and your thoughts on the topic. Please give us a like in Apple iTunes or whichever app you're using. It helps us out a lot. Again, for more information about how I can help you through the small business startup process, please go to TomClaremont.com. There you'll find a free download called The 7 P's to Profitability. It addresses the issues and the elements you'll need to have a profitable personal brand business. 